I'm in the only well-lit room in my house, so... <laughs> and we're live. So everybody, thank you for coming to the Happy Jacks RPG Network tonight. I hope you are all safe out there. We're all thinking about you. Our hearts are with you. But let's uh, escape tonight to the Great American Witch. This is session four. We are playing an RPG adapted from the Great American Novel. And uh, you can catch prior episodes on happyjacks.org slash greatamericanwitch. And you can find all the other shows on the Happy Jacks Network at happyjacks.org slash shows. That's kind of hard to say. I need to need to do my exercises before we start. I am Christopher Gray, and you can find me at Christopher.world and The Great American Witch. The game we're playing now is in beta currently, so if you would like to know more about that game, go to greatamericanwitch.com, and there's a bunch of information there. So that's me. Let's talk about our players. Uh, Emily, do you want to go first? Yes, hello. I am Emily Vanderwerf. I am playing Abigail Hawks, who's of the craft of Pecate, which mostly means she gets into awkward situations a lot. That's not entirely because of your craft. Mac, do you want to take it? Sure, why not? Hey guys, I'm Mac. I'm back. And I'm not going to rhyme anymore. I'm really done rhyming now. Uh, And I am playing Mel uh, Lake, and she is the cult of Lilith. Awesome. Uh, I think Jim's next. I forget what our order is. Or is it Joe? Do we have an order? Let's go with Jim, since I said Jim first. Well, uh, my name is Jim. I'll be playing Cade, uh, your local friendly uh, witch of uh, the uh, the group Terra. And I am the local lawyer and, uh, you know, general law dude administrator guy for our coven. And the community, probably. And Joe. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe. I am playing Albert, and I am playing the craft of the spider grandmother. I'm kind of like the crisis counselor slash life coach slash um, hippie turned revolutionary turned witch of the group, because every group needs one. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to jumping back into to see what unfolds in our session today. That's session four. We have a full cast tonight. Uh, everybody's back. Welcome back. I think uh, Jim may have survived the con. Unless oh my goodness, avatar that con. Jim. No, man. I barely survived that thing. That was We, we were expecting 200 people and we got 800. So <laughs> <laughs> I had the bright idea of going, hey, I can handle it on my own. I don't need to be all volunteers to help. That was a huge mistake. <laughs> well, welcome back. And welcome back, Mac. Great to see Thank you, you again. And, of course, Emily and Joe. So uh, why don't we jump in? We um, are going to do something a little bit different this episode. We're going to kind of recall where some of the other characters were. Um, We're going to start this session, actually. um, I think we should start um, on Thanksgiving morning. But we're probably going to end up going back a bit and uncovering what's happened before and um, and, and with the other characters and flashbacks. So um, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Well, let me uh, recap where we were. So we had a uh, lot of things happen, actually, in that, in that session. But the, the short of it is that um, uh, Thanksgiving is going to be very interesting at the Coven because now um, the hearth is going to be hosting... Um, the church event um, there's going to be uh, presumably there's going to be um, a lot of people coming 
And um, it turns out that Raven is probably more than just a witch and maybe more than just um, Raven folk, uh, 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 a trope. She, she might be something bigger or maybe something bigger wants to be her. We're not sure, but we did find out there was some sort of Celtic goddess involved um, who is trying to come back, as it turns out, when you have a solstice and a solar eclipse. That means that gods can descend. Well, you know, or goddesses or non-gender deities can descend and enter the world on their whim, which is, uh, I don't know, a little scary, especially when we consider all of the witches that are coming. But, you know, that's future our, our future us problems. We'll deal with that some other time. Today, we have to deal with Thanksgiving. So I'd like to start, as we often do, with sort of a montage where you can tell me what your character is doing on uh, Thanksgiving morning. And uh, this means you have narrative control. Uh, we're not going to have any conflicts. So you can just say, what's going on? Who wants to take it first? Um, well, Mel is creeping quietly back into the house early in the morning. Before dawn? Just after. Is there anybody in there, or is she does she get back to her room without being spotted? That's up to you. Um, I don't know. I don't know if she gets spotted. I don't know if anybody else would be up at a weird hour. Oh, um, yeah, I maybe probably Albert. would be too, because. Uh, I probably have a bunch of books and stuff. I maybe just be like face down asleep on the kitchen table, surrounded with legal tomes and notepads and crap. Um. Yeah, you probably spot her. I mean, there's not a lot of secret ways that she could go around so that you wouldn't see her headed back to her room. Um, I don't stop her i just sort of nod at her and mm -hmm. note let her know that i see her and i'm available to talk if she wants to but i'm not gonna stop her if she has other plans yeah she'll probably keep going if nobody stops her okay she comes in does she, does she look well rested manicured oh, no no oh. looks exhausted absolutely just big you know circles under her eyes tired all right. Uh, what is well? Since um, since we since Cabe is up and was in the scene, maybe we should move to Cabe. What's Cabe doing this morning? Uh, Cabe is uh, organizing some paperwork uh, and uh, waiting on a couple of emails from some people regarding some research she's been doing on the background of Raven's family. So, uh, emails. I hadn't thought about this before. What, what kind of computer does Cabe use? Is it like state of the art, or is this something that should have died in '98? Like this Acer laptop. Yeah, that uh, is just a complete piece of trash. But he, it's uh, it's very well kept. Uh, he has a USB drive that he boots off of because the internal drive no longer works. It's one of those things that sort of um, is on its last legs, but he can't really justify the money of getting a new one. And besides, this thing holds all his passwords. Alright. Um, what about Abigail? What is she doing? Abigail slept on the couch at um, Megan 
uh, her fiance's apartment. Uh, Raven is slash was. I believe we left her sleeping in the guest room yeah, last she, time. She was with you. So she's in the guest room. Megan's in her own bedroom, and of course, Megan and Abigail would never sleep in the same bed. They're waiting for marriage. Um, and uh, yeah, so Abigail gets up and starts making. Uh, some uh, breakfast, making some some pancakes. No, no, no. Making instant oatmeal because it's what Raven would want. So instant oatmeal for everyone. Uh, Megan comes out and kind of turns up her nose, but Abigail plays the clueless boyfriend who doesn't know how to cook anything else. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Okay. And last but not least, Albert. Uh, Albert has not slept. Uh, it's not often that he doesn't sleep. But he stayed up all night. And he's been reading the clouds. He's been looking into possible futures. He's very concerned about the coming weeks. Um, and he's, uh, he's having a lot of trouble um, reconciling things that have come up from his past that he hasn't told anybody but is um, is starting to wear on him. Uh, although he hasn't looked this good in a long time. he's He seems to be developing now the Benjamin Button syndrome where he's de-aging a little bit. Um, there might be something to that we'll explore. We'll find out. But that's, that's where Albert is right now. He's in his room. He hasn't slept. He sees Mel walk in and he breathes a sigh of relief um, and uh, that's, where, that's where we'll leave him for now so um, we're going to move into a mundane scene um, which means we're probably we might need to roll, we might not, but they're not going to be over major issues or conflicts um, but I think that at this point uh, it's possible what, what, what time did Cabe come in whatever he was doing the day before Thanksgiving. I'm going to say he came in, like, in the wee hours, uh, like around 2 a.m. All right. Um, it's possible he would have noticed this when he came in, but now that the sun is rising, there is an awful lot of bird waste on the ground and on the, on the uh, windowsill, and it looks like... Um, uh, it, 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 a, a lot of birds were around here. Uh, it, a ridiculous amount. Like this sort of thing you would see in, like you know, uh, a court, uh, like courtyard and solving, you know, <laughs> all of the pigeons. And it, it's, it, but you don't see any birds around. But you do see the waste. That kind of stands out to you as unusual. I suppose it could be worse. Could have been bison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, I think that Mel I don't know, does she go straight to bed in the morning? Yeah Yeah, okay, so you you probably didn't notice this No, she's pretty out of it Outside of um, Abigail's well, I guess, I guess with the apartment that both of you are in um, the uh, there is an early morning news crew uh, they okay. are doing a stand-up in front of the apartment building. Uh, this is probably going to the the morning show of the only affiliate there. Let's say NBC. I don't know. 
and um, they're reporting about something outside. Are they, are they perhaps reporting about all of the birds that it's were here last possible, night? possible, but you can't really hear. But Okay. I just, that, I was, that would be my assumption, I think. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah I'm going to nod to Megan and be like, do you know what the, the news crew is all about? Uh, Megan turns on the TV, and uh, they're reporting on the birds that were there last night. <laughs> Wow. Highly unusual okay. moment last yeah. night. Uh, we are coming this morning to yeah. such and such street, and we are seeing that uh, the evidence of the multitudes of birds that have descended upon the, the city last night. Mm. I assume that they have, like, cell phone footage that, that was shot by people and yeah. things like that. Okay. Yeah. And they're cutting right. away to an expert saying, well, migratory patterns are often <laughs> unpredictable and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah the, yeah, the the city noticed, the town noticed yeah, that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Uh, um, anyway, uh, why don't we get up our guest and uh, we should get to the church. Um, it's just so weird stuff with birds. No big deal. Okay. Um, so let's go back to the hearth and on, on our mundane. Um, the news report is coming through. I, I'm assuming there's some sort of small television set in the kitchen used for white noise, most likely. Um, but you're hearing the news reports of the birds coming from that television set. Uh, and Cape is working in the kitchen? Yes, I am. They're talking about multitudes, m- uh, m- perhaps millions of ravens coming through Salem last night. Oh, well, that ex- would explain the uh, whitewashing of the outside of the building. I get, he sort of, sort of like smiles at himself and picks up and pulls his cell phone out of his pocket, and uh, he calls the church. He actually pulls out the card of the youth minister, mm-hmm. and I, I give him a call. Alex, Does he pick up. Alex Hale. Uh, yeah, he picks up. He, his, it's his mobile. Um, he says, uh, hello, this is Alex. I recognize this number. Thank you for calling. What a pleasure. I hadn't see you, uh, didn't see you yesterday, so I was uncertain that things were going uh, to happen today. Oh, I'm sorry about that, but you do know I do have my own practice, and sometimes it's a little time-consuming not having any associates being all solo. But uh, I was calling, see if I could ask you a tiny little favor. Uh, well, that, that all depends. Well, you see, we're looking forward to having everyone over at Thanksgiving, and we're trying to fix the place up all appropriate, like. But um, it would seem that these ravens did a pretty decent pass through over our own uh, uh, lovely little uh, housing. So I was wondering if uh, you had some free hands to help us with the power washer. Um, uh, I'm starting to get work on it myself, but I'm, I may need a little bit more assistance. And since we were uh, cooperating on this little endeavor, I was wondering if I could reach out. Uh, well, uh, uh, if I if I have some people available now, we do have to prepare the church as well. Uh, I think that I'd be happy to compensate a couple of uh, your uh, young strapping teen members if they want to come down and just help with the power washer and maybe a mop. Uh, I'd be happy to serve them up some lunch and uh, maybe give them a, a few bucks out of my own pocket. Well, I, I don't want you to take this wrong way, but I would rather not have uh, some of our youths over at Salem's Hearth without uh, uh, somebody of authority with them. Uh, maybe not myself, but at least a, 
a deacon or uh, one of the... Uh, well, I, I, just, I just don't know how to put it any other way. I, I don't think I would feel comfortable just handing some of our youths over to, to help you. Oh, no, from a legal standpoint, I assure you, I understand. There is a certain level of liability to that. I just This is just a friendly request for help. I'll try to muddle the best I can. If you have anyone available that might qualify and under whatever uh, qualifications you might have, I would appreciate the hand. If not, it's, uh, have a very good morning, and I'll see you soon. We are um, in the mundane chapter, which means if, if you are trying to convince them, you can confront Alex Hale as a conflict. Uh, no, I'm basically just simply reaching out for him, seeing how incredibly, seeing exactly how Christian he actually is. Um, uh, uh, yeah, he he doesn't, trust, uh, he doesn't tell why. He doesn't tell you why he doesn't trust you. But you know, oh, I'm very much you. trying to manipulate this into a situation where he's ho- woefully embarrassed that a charitable that he's turning down a charitable organization for help. Oh, so you're doing basically. a moral. You are doing so. This is a moral stand. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, roll a moral stand, which is uh, morality. Oh, wait. This is the wrong game. Best Great American Novel. <laughs> Who am I? I have too many games. Shit your mouth. You do not. You should have more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go ahead and roll uh, Make a Moral Stand. Which is... What is that? Wisdom? Got me a 10. Okay. Wow. So uh, that's a really good roll. That means that you've resolved that conflict for this chapter, which means nobody else can confront it. Uh, And also, that means you have narrative control. So how does he respond? Uh, Oh, and you get a charm. Oh, sweet. Um, I think that he sort of grudgingly accepts the fact that the only decent thing is to sort of help out. And he uh, basically sends in a couple of uh, uh, of people that sort of work at the church, sort of custodial staff. But he does does so, and he says, "Just keep your eye out and watch." He, w- he sends them in to try to take a look inside and stuff like that for him, and take advantage of the situation. Okay, cool. So you're going to get help from the church. Um, I think that. Um, Abigail, if you arrive at the church, then you would be aware of what's going on, that they're sending some people to go clean the Salem's heart. Yes. Yes. Uh, Alex tells me, actually. <laughs> um, everybody's happy to see me. I actually showed up for once. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I look with concern, but don't intervene. Okay, so um, we're going to move over to Mac real quick. Um, Mel, sorry. Um, Mel wakes Uh up. Mel Mac. Mel Mac. (laughs) We are one in the same. (laughs) Uh, Mel wakes up, uh, and and this is inspired from certain events this past week in my personal life, uh, to the uh, feeling of a kitten licking her nose. Tiny, itty-bitty... Barely a kitten, kitten. Oh, you're adorable, but Fluffy, where the hell did you come from? Tabby kitten. So it's licking your nose. I 
pick it up and I'm just kind of staring at it like where what happened in the interim I was only out for an evening (laughs) and now we have a cat apparently um uh I guess I'm gonna go look for Albert and I'm taking the kitten with me okay Uh, the kitten is crawling around you and perched on your shoulder as you go into Albert's room hey did you did yeah. was there a cat firstly i'm glad you're back you had us worried i'm sorry you never have to be sorry not here and certainly not with me i'm just glad i didn't lose anyone else you have a new friend uh So, not familiar to you at all? I don't think I'd forget something that adorable. Fair enough. Uh, Uh, It's really cute. (laughs) Albert is going to attend an animal communication. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a blessing. Okay. I don't know what uh, aspect I'm in. I'm going to say mother. Because that makes the most sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we didn't discuss half aspects. <laughs> and I rolled the seven. Okay, you're rolling seven. Uh, confronting the conflict, mysterious cat, which I need to add to yes. the board. Um. And and yeah, I mean, you're able to um, communicate with this small feline baby. I I give it the impression that this is safe, and I'm just intending to say hello and see if it requires any help, aid, or comfort. Uh, it definitely wants to eat. Um, it has been missing uh, his brothers and sisters for a couple of nights, and really liked the way that this room, that um, Mel's room smelled. There's a quilt in there that he was very fond of and wants to go back to. Nice. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to ask, but through like an intention, um, are you or have you ever been affiliated with Ravenkind? I'd really like some food and I want that quilt. Can you give me the quilt? That, that tracks. Okay. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what does it look like when you're doing this film? We did. We skipped over that. That's got to look yeah, like something. We, so what you see is Albert, um, who is now kind of just staring. and kind of, It's like he's in a, a staring contest with this kitten. And it's like a really long time. Like an <laughs> uncomfortably long time. Where nothing's happening. He's just staring directly at this kitten and you don't know if he's going to eat it or like what he's thinking um but after a while he he kind of blinks back and he looks over at mel and um i believe our new friend uh could use some food and if it's all right with you i believe they would like to stay here with you they find your room to be comfortable um okay. Uh 
hopefully we have some tuna fish downstairs. And I have a cat now. So this has been a very interesting series of events for me. I'm I'm going to go downstairs and do the tuna thing. There's plenty of stuffing that we've procured for the feast tonight. I'm sure we'll have what we need. Cool. Talks to kittens now. Okay, going downstairs. Sorry, really tired. Long night. Bye. It just, like, books it out. <laughs> I think we can take this moment to flash back a bit. Um, Albert's door is closed, and we're now looking at uh, the door of a house that's nearby. Mel standing in front of it the night before. It's not snowing yet. Um, and But it's cold. You can see your breath. And um, this is uh, going to be a meeting, because I want uh, Mac as the player to have more narrative control. Uh, so what happens next, I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, but this is from the prior night as she has approached this door. And I re- if I recall right, she knocked, right? Yes. Right. So she knocks on the door and a woman comes and answers it. Uh, very gaunt looking woman. Um, a bit older. Uh, kind of a motherly looking woman. And Mel says... Hey, Ma. Well, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm sorry. Can I come in? Does she let you? I think she does. But, you know, after a deep breath... Um, what does it look like inside? Has she been keeping the place up, or is there are there any odors? The place looks like it had been very um, put together at one point. Very um, a lot of bright colors, a lot of round surfaces. You know, some place that looks like you would expect to see kids and. Um, but everything kind of just has like this almost greasy sheen to it now. And, uh, it's just, it's just enough out of sorts to be upsetting. And she walks over to the dining room table. There's a plate with a bagel on there. And she said, I tried eating a bagel and I just lost my taste for it. If you're hungry. Oh, um... I, uh, I'm okay, um, but, well, no, I'm not okay, but, <sighs> I'm sorry I haven't visited in so long. Do you feel like you need to? Are you worried about me? Of course I am. Are you worried about what I'm doing? Whatever you're doing is my fault. I started off with 
the squirrels outside. But that didn't work for me. I I don't know how to make this right. I don't think I can. But I need to do whatever Is, is there anything I can do for you? You can kill me. I don't know how to do it myself. I can't Again, starve to death. This... I've tried. I just... Is that really what you want? I want my life. Again, Melanie. I can't have that, can I? I should go. I it was a mistake coming. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. And she just kind of keeps repeating I'm sorry, I'm sorry as she starts sort of backing out the door. She's walking towards you a bit aggressively and says that, you know, they've stopped coming. You're not the only one that doesn't see me anymore. Nobody sees me. Nobody wants to see me. And I'm a monster. Mel just they keeps know. repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I really... I didn't mean it. You know I didn't mean it, right? some problems. It doesn't matter whether or not you meant it. Okay. Go back to your witches unless there's something you can do for me. I'll just... Bye. And Mel heads out and basically just wanders up and down throughout the neighborhood until the sun starts coming up before she heads home. So, uh, and she's now finding Tuna in the cupboard with Cat on her shoulder, maybe coming back to the present from her thoughts yeah. of last night. Is uh, Cape still in there? Always. Yep. <laughs> Always. Yeah. So you see Mel walk in, and she's got a small kitten hanging out on her shoulder. And she's digging through the pantry. Yeah, that small probably just going to want some milk. Uh, I thought I'd heard that... Mm, I mean, is it the same cow's milk versus, like, cat's milk? Yeah, it depends. It could be bad for it. I don't know. But I don't know if it's eaten solids yet. It looks pretty tiny. I don't know anything about having a cat... Um, so... Mm. The kitten is biting a strand of Mel's hair. It's so cute, though. It's adorable, and it's so skinny. Mm. Well, all right. Let's see, let's just see if we can give it some of the juice out of the tuna can first. That's a good idea. Okay. Where... 
and basically picks up his tail. She come from? I have no real idea. Um, Albert talked to her for a moment, but uh, didn't seem to really yield any answers uh, as to the where. Pretty sure a baby like this, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah, something about wanting a blanket and liking my room, so. Hmm. You know, this is the best way to get a pet when they choose you, right? They have good instincts about this kind of thing. Clearly, this one is mistaken. You know, there are some things that happens just naturally. It's sort of the way of the universe sort of speaking to you. Usually when something like this happens means that you need somebody and they need you. I think that might be the truth here. Taking care of something tells you something about yourself, you know? Okay. Sorry, mm, I'm just really tired right now. Wait. Sorry. I... You say sorry a lot. And you can tell that she's pausing to think of what to say because the instinct is to say I'm sorry. Look. Regret sometimes has a way of filling up the empty space in your heart. Problem with that is that it doesn't nourish the heart. It just kills it. You gotta learn to let things go. And you gotta learn to love yourself. So I tell you right now, and I look her deep in the eyes, I love you. You're my sister. I'd do anything for you. To me, you're perfect. Done everything you could for us all the time. Whatever you're carrying inside, that's for you to suss out. But I just want you to know, you're okay here. Right here. And I put her hand in my heart. You're okay. And she she looks like she's just completely at a loss for words. And just kind of mumbles, tuna water. And goes back to the cupboard to get something for the kitten. I go and grab myself a cup of coffee. And I go back and sit down in my papers. Let's go over to the church for a moment. Um, Alex Hello? is uh, sending some folks out to help Salem's Hearth. Um, are you... What are you going to do? Are you going to do the church or are you going to go back to the hearth? Um, I mean, if I am sent there by Alex, I will go back. But uh, I, mm. uh, I have been given instructions from my father to come to the church. So yes. I'm going to stick with that for now. Uh, and Raven, I think, is going to hang out in the car. Uh, or at least I'm going, we're going to ask that she hangs out in the car. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Megan's hand very firmly, walk into the church... And just try to get through this so we can go. All right. And um, your father typically does a sermon on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He tries to make it early, like four, so that everybody can get out, go to their mm-hmm. dinners. Um, but he also likes to start early in case you don't have a place to go. So he invites the community in uh, to, and then there's usually like you know the uh, basically catering for hundreds mm-hmm. of people, turkey gravy, the whole thing. So he's setting up the tables, and he has all of the staff with him, and there are a bunch of volunteers. 
And when he sees you come in, he brightens up. I didn't think you were coming. You asked, and of course I love to help set up for Thanksgiving, and Megan wanted to help too. Well, great. Uh, come on in, uh, and you know, he puts you to work. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Um, after a while, Raven comes in. Because she's been um, in the car for a while. Okay. Yeah, it's been a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a poorly thought out plan. Um, <laughs> and she's sort of hugging herself like she does when she's nervous. Um, okay, so I'm going to go over to her and be like, hey, uh, everything okay? Something wrong? I didn't know what to do. I was alone. Why don't you come and help Megan and I? We're just setting up chairs. And just, like, it'll be great. You you know how to, like, unfold a folding chair, right? I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please. Let's just go. We'll go do this. And, like, but try, like, not to draw attention to yourself. I don't want, like, Alex noticing. Alex here. He knows me. He knows who I am. Uh, he's off taking care of something else, but if we see him, we'll just keep you hidden. It's not a big deal. Megan hates Alex. I'm going to spend a charm to make that true. <laughs> right. That's right. Everybody does have a charm. Actually, I think, Jim, you should have two because you uh, got a 10 at some point earlier. Uh, Did those roll over? Because I had an extra one from last time. They no, don't? It's all fresh. Okay. Yeah, back in the playtest age, I realized that those pile up quick, so... Sorry, they don't roll over. <laughs> no worries. I just spent my one. So. <laughs> okay, so she uh, comes in to help you, uh, and it's it's bustling, and everybody's busy. You know, she's kind of observing your father for a while, mm-hmm. and she says, kind of quietly, "Well, he seems nice. He is. It's the stuff he believes that's not so nice. Like just like as a person, as my dad." I think he's probably pretty good, but something is inside him that won't let him see other people the way they need to be seen. And that's why I have to dress like this here instead of like who I am. What do you think you would do? I don't know. Kick me out? I honestly don't know. Like, I... I have my life now. I have my friends. I have you. But I do love him. I do love my mom. I did love my mom. Uh, I love my siblings. You know, I don't want to lose this. And I would. I would if that happened. They would not want me around. And she kind of darkens a little because, as you know, well know, she knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. And um, falls quiet and continues to help. Um, I think Alex has gone off with his volunteers to <laughs> Salem's Hearth because, well, he doesn't trust Salem's Hearth. So we'll, we'll move back through that. I don't think that's really a risk right now. Um, so how long are you going to help set up and what what's your plan? I'm going to help set up until it's time for the dinner be- dinner to begin, and then uh, the three of us, Megan and Raven, and I are going to slip out, and we were going to run to the nearby city. I think we decided it was Bloomington. There's a 24-hour diner there that has a great Thanksgiving. We were going to go to that just to get Raven away from all the memories of this, and honestly, to get myself away from it. Mm-hmm. 
and I mean, Megan lost her sister too. So like, there's a lot of like hard things right now. So yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go back to the hearth while that's happening, uh, Albert. What's going on with yes. you? Albert has begun um, preparing to receive Joseph and his people. Um, we see some of them kind of file in. They look very out of place, a lot of them looking in rough shape. Um, and I make the hearth open and welcoming as best as I can, um, offering places to rest, places to shower, basic amenities that we can spare. Um, but Albert is going to you know, make it very clear that he has something he wants to discuss with Joseph, and he's going to um, create moments of opportunity to, to get close to him, to get next to him, and, and get him away from the others. All right, let's say, let's say right we're now. in a meeting because they're inviting mm-hmm. the scene. Um, so, does okay, do we need to go back to what was going on with him yesterday at this point? No, we can we can pick it up here. Like, yeah, this is the 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 day after our meeting at the Olive Garden. Right, um, right. I mean, oh, I meant Cabe. I meant Cabe. <laughs> do we need to go back to see uh, what happened with Cabe yesterday? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I don't know um, before Joseph well, comes in. Right. Yeah, that might that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, I basically start looking for birth certificates. I start looking for data on them who owns the farm they live in um i just try to do as detailed a background search on lexus nexus and other resources i have available to me to see if see where they came from what they're about get a little bit more idea of who they are okay so um the the, we're in a meeting so you have uh narrative control except the, the except for these guys because they're conflict on the oh, board. Yeah. Um, so, what you discover is that uh, the farm has been uh, largely out of commission for over forty years, and um, is privately owned, but it hasn't been maintained. Somebody's paying the property taxes. There's no mortgages or liens on the property. Um, but it is, uh, it, it's registered to uh, the, the family, um, which I don't think we have a last name for them. But it's, it's registered to the, uh, the, the Ravenfolk family, Ravenkind, I think we've been calling them. Uh, but it goes back to like the, the CV80s, maybe even the 70s since it was actually producing anything. Let's call them the Connors. All this time, we never had last names for them. Okay, so the Connors. Uh, So it's been in that family. It hasn't changed hands. I'm taking that none of their children has gone to school? No. In fact, they haven't done anything on... There haven't been any census records or... But they pay the property taxes, so county leaves them alone. Um, I look for any uh, legal recourse against sort of living off the grid. <laughs> um, 
I'm, I'm basically trying searching for ways to make things difficult for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, this is the meeting, so if you want to find a way, you can. Um, there's probably uh, something to be said about uh, the, the condition of the home, uh, the property. Uh, if it's not up to code, that it's unsafe, you know, there's probably been complaints by neighbors in the area of, of noises and smells. Um, there's there's probably a lot of police statements about having to come in and break up fights. Uh, so there's there's probably many any number of misdemeanors you can pro- you can pull out and and target. I mean, they probably have kind of like a hoarder situation too. I mean, it's not a well kept property. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm building a case for um, remitting the child under our recognizance, since we're still a state-held uh, sanctuary organization, uh, and saying that she was kept in poor living conditions and getting any uh, um, supporting evidence to prove that, uh, including police statements uh, of violence in the area, uh, all the statements from neighbors and complaints uh, of basically not keeping up with the farm. Um, also, you know, any suspicious activity that we might want to report to Homeland. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a meeting, so whatever you want, you can have. Okay. So um, I'm going to say, and let me know if I need to spend charm to do this, that um, I have a judge that owes me a favor and is willing uh, to grant us custody based on this evidence. And I want to be armed with that paperwork later on. And those are the emails that I'm waiting on. And that's basically what I'm I'm securing. I'm trying to basically uh, emancipate uh, the child under our uh, recognizance. Yep. Uh, It's a meeting. You don't spend charm. It just is. Um, That's the beauty of a meeting. Whatever you need to get into the next chapter, you can do. So, uh, so yeah, you've got a judge. Um, What's the judge's name? Uh, Judge's name, um, Marvin Cranston. Mm -hmm. The Honorable Judge Marvin Cranston. (laughs) <laughs> so you um you're just waiting now for for basically the affidavit to get emailed to me yeah okay and it probably will be a court order yeah uh all right so uh, that's what you've been working on you also had a meeting with joseph at some point no it's very important that the paperwork that i have says that that this organization meaning this coven under whatever name we have it legally, is then re- legally responsible for the health and well-being of that child. Mm. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, that, uh, the Friends and Association. Uh, well, what do we call the the Friends of Salem's Hearth or Association of Salem's Hearth? Yeah, Association of Salem's Hearth. Yeah. The, A- the ASH. The yeah. Ash. <laughs> All right. So, um, also, you had a meeting with Joseph, apparently, according to uh, what happened last week, last time we were in session three. Was it three? Oof. Um, it feels like there have been more sessions than that, but anyway. So, uh, this was a meeting about uh, a lot of the circumstances around protecting the Connors. Uh, just to recap... Joseph and his coven were protecting the Connors as a deal so that they would not hunt the citizens of Salem. 
so the reason that they're involved is because they're afraid that there's going to be a breach in that deal. Uh, and so the last consensus was at the Olive Garden <laughs> that you would find a legal recourse to get them away and that then um, then Joseph and his coven wouldn't have to protect them anymore. Uh, but something came up in the fiction last time where uh, Joseph and uh, Cabe were meeting and Joseph had been lying to Cabe about something. Which is still conflict on the table. So we should probably uh, address that, but we can do that in real time if you like, as opposed to in a flashback. Because uh, we have just learned that Joseph and his uh, all of the lost souls of the train station are coming in for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I'm going to say that's up to Joseph the way he wants to handle that. I'm, I'm good with it either way. Um, I think that maybe a flashback might allow us to establish a more solid truth about what's going on. But if you want to do it developmentally with the NPC, I'm, I'm in game with that too. All right. Well, let's just take it as a meeting then. Um, so where was Cade meeting Joseph? This was to talk legal shop, basically, right? Um, actually, if he wants to just meet me at my offices, I have a, a you know a very humble little office in downtown. Mm-hmm. It looks like you know one of those PI offices from the from the noir film sort of thing. A lot of wood and yeah, that does the wood panel filing cabinets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so. Uh, not to be confused with Joe, right? Joseph was our... Because I didn't make that connection. Joseph was our uh, our coven head of the train station. Right. All right, so um, when you last met, it was about trying to secure legal rationale for booting the Connor. So he um, joins you at the office. Uh, he is... Uh, he can clean up. He's wearing uh, a modest suit. Um, he's carrying his leather his red leather Bible with him. Um, and he comes in and he's very inquisitive. He's looking around your office, looking at any pictures you might have on the wall, looking at the books that you've chosen to display. Um, you know, uh, mostly sort of legal tones, but the pictures are, are usually, you know, me and just regular townsfolk shaking hands after some kind of decision, some news articles about, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Higgins family farm saved thanks to legal intervention. Blah blah blah. You know, it's sort mm-hmm. of like it's like pride points mm-hmm. up on the wall. Um, uh, also, you know, just to remind me that everything's fair. And actually, if you really take a look at it, there's just as many positive wins as there are losses up on the wall as well. Uh, the the crazy thing about the room too is that once you actually look at it, it's incredibly symmetrical as in both sides of the room are of exactly the same shape, but there are differences in coloration between both sides. Um, uh, the room itself is the center office on that wall. Uh, everything sort of has uh, a, a very subtle thematic uh, nod to balance and uh, symmetry. And I go, well, thank you for joining me. If you please have a seat, would you like some water or... I think I have some snacks. Well, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. I am interested in this, that you are representing your successes as well as your failures. It demonstrates a certain type of person. 
Dave, do you mind if I ask if you're a believer? Oh, I I believe that your God exists, yes. But he is not your God. I believe that the universe is incredibly vast, and his creation has uh, room for a lot of different beliefs. Hmm. I believe... I believe in faith, I believe in home, I believe in hearth, I believe that love can overcome hate. Those are things that we all share in our common beliefs, I do believe. That is, if um, people follow your set of beliefs according to the way that they're laid out. I do not have problems with your God, I do have some problems with the hypocrisy in which he is worshipped. We're not very different then. I don't think so. This matter with the Therianthropes is a delicate one. If we can't find a way to keep them out of the community, our coven is obligated to continue to protect them for the safety of the community. Uh, Is there a uh, written form of this agreement, or was it merely verbal? It was uh, an agreement made with uh, ritual. We're bounded. We're bound by magic and by our word. I am of the belief that your word is magic, sir. That it binds things, especially for someone who is as earnest as you. I do believe that uh, lying or breaking any promise would cause you a more significant amount of harm than it would a normal person. Are you keeping their daughter safe? You have it on my word, and believe me, I am as binding on my word as you, that she has been kept safe and sound, and no harm will come to her as long as she is under our protection. So what do we, what do you propose that we do? Well, it depends on the details of this contract. What will you, uh, has to protect them from. Well, the intent of the contract was that we would allow them to live in Salem as long as they would not hunt the community of Salem. I don't know what's going on out there. So in order to preserve lives in this community, which is quite commendable, you uh, basically uh, said that you would not... Is it you in particular that would not turn against them? Our coven. Well, that uh, seems to me that uh, that would leave us free to act. Now, do you believe that uh, under the terms of your contract you would be obliged to stop us if we were to attempt to remove them in some way? Yes. I see. Hmm. That does make things difficult. So this is protection from any and all comers, or is it just by, just from which kind? Well, I don't know that that was specified. I believe the intent of the agreement was that we would protect them and harbor them. Hmm. But it would seem that... Uh, this should only really apply to your sphere of influence. 
You do not have control over mundane recourses or other powers that do not uh, pertain to witchcraft. Uh, would you agree with me on that? If you have a way to do this without our involvement or our ability to change the circumstances, then I don't see a problem with that. But I cannot know any more than this. Uh, this is simply a discovery session. I am just de- sealing what lo- what legal oddities I have to deal with. Uh, and I bring out some documents and I go, it would seem that uh, this particular family, I believe they call themselves the Connors amongst uh, the mortal kind, uh, has had a considerable amount of uh, misdealings with the law. I must leave at this point. Do as you do, and if I cannot stop it, I will not. I will attempt to uh, remove you from any culpability if anything does happen. I just wanted to know the particulars of the contract. For this, I thank you, and I will end this conversation. I do not wish to uh, put you under any kind of circumstance. We've already been absolved of our sins. All that's left is our covenant with the divine. Well, isn't that the only covenant that matters? Very well. And then he he leaves. He looks kind of oddly around again and then leaves. So um, something there was a lie. Uh, Albert knows that, but you don't. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's go back to the present day. Boy, we're sort of all over the place. Um, oh, by the way, I, I pull out, I pull out a little recorder from uh, my from my desk and I turn it off <laughs> and I rewind it. <laughs> that was a meeting. I'll allow it. Okay, uh, so Albert, uh, we haven't talked yes. to you in a while. Um, so you yes. uh, you are greeting Joseph as he comes in with many of the lost souls from the train station, also. Who you're starting to identify as members of the coven? There's the hag, kind of the um, middle-aged woman that's with him, mm. and a couple of other people that you saw at the Olive Garden. Mm. Um, and and they're they're kind of coming in, but they're not eating. They're just sort of like ushering mm. people in, and you know, letting mm. them find their place. And um, it's at this point that Alex Hales also come with his cottery, and they have begun work cleaning the building. Uh, Alex I'm doesn't come to, in to say hi. He just stays yeah, outside. I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring him. He's not my problem right now. Um, <laughs> Alex, um, Albert's got things to do. So he's going to, um, you know, as as the people have been welcomed in um, and they've been shown to where the food is and where they can get cleaned up and where they can rest before the feast, um, he's going to walk Joseph over to a quiet corner of the hearth, and he's going to very directly speak to him and say what do you think about Cape's plan for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and future You'll forgive me. A man of my age has little patience for flowery words. Speak words, that's scripture. What it means is, I have hope. Do you protect 
these therianthropes because you believe they are monsters? Or do you protect them because you believe they can be redeemed? Hmm. Well, I think you have me there. Uh, what is your name? Albert. Albert. I uh, believe they can be redeemed. I believe that everybody can be redeemed. If there were a way for the raven kind to be integrated into the society, to be brought into the community, to be given a different kind of safe harbor, would you back me if I had a plan? Because we're talking, Albert, about race. When mankind went through history as sinners, damned. But not for grace, were they relieved of their sin. And it is our duty to bring grace to others. So, yes. They've hunted on the mundanes before this. Do you believe them capable and worthy of this kind of grace? All are worthy in the eyes of God. I'm not this asking the God's lost opinion. Souls, the lost souls that you see in here, every one of these people have committed a crime, have risen to anger, some of them have murdered. They need to eat. They need to be welcomed. They need to heal. You should know this. This is a halfway house. Um, Albert doesn't like that being brought up, but he's going to... He's just going to let that slide, but his composure very visibly is going to shift, and um, Joseph is going to feel it. <laughs> um, what do you think we can do to start bringing in a more favorable condition for these raven folk, where they will no longer feel the need to prey upon or harm the mundane and perhaps even coexist here peacefully. They need what everybody needs, a home and love. Much like this kitten. (laughs) There's a kitten crossing the (laughs) room. That means Mel's probably around. I ask these questions because not long ago these folk tore down my door threatened my sisters if I am to see any grace in them I need to know that they're worth it and I need to hear from you that you believe this and not because your God commands you to God commands nothing of me God allows me to be who I am a reflection of him. At least, and then he's helping serve food. Um, so I would like to assess, uh, is he bluffing me? This is a meeting. Uh, yeah. So I have to tell you no. Okay. <laughs> no role. He is Good. not. He's okay. very sincere about this. And that's what the okay. lie is. I mean, he... The lie is that he's expanding the scope of his contract because he doesn't right. really want to let them go. 
Yeah, he's on the fence about that. Do not think that it's malicious. He's just trying to protect them. Gotcha. Okay. I can work with that. Um, Yeah, with that, I'm going to dismiss myself um, and let him know that he's welcome here, he's safe here, and perhaps we can continue this discussion after we've had a chance to fill our bellies. All right, can we move forward a bit in time to maybe after Thanksgiving dinner when the hubbub's over and the coven's back together so that you guys can sort of come together and figure out what your yeah. next steps are? It's more meeting, but um, I think we're doing a lot of exposition and figuring things out. So would that would that be a good next scene? Sure. All right, so go ahead and set it I for like me. Uh, where are you? When is it? The only thing that hasn't changed is it's snowing out and it's Thanksgiving Day. Uh, kitchen table, guys? Yeah, probably in there, like, trying to feed the kitten again. <laughs> I have to figure out what I did with my fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't be coming to the hearth? No, she doesn't She doesn't know I'm trans, much less that I'm a witch. So, <laughs> Lots of issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, like, I guess we could leave her in the... No, because I'm in girl mode at the hearth. I dropped her off at home. It's just the easiest thing to do. Yeah, and it's not she's that, tired, it's not wants to go far. to bed. Yeah. It's not that far. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, bring, I did bring Raven with me mm-hmm. back to the hearth. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I think yeah. I picture Raven standing in the doorway with like a green bean casserole <laughs> that your father made her take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you can yeah, just put that in the fridge. Uh, we'll all eat it, I'm sure. Unless you want it all. Like as soon as yours. Yeah, okay. Alright. Hi everybody. How was your day? Uh I have a kitten now. <gasps> Oh my god, that is such a cute kitten. Does it yeah. does it have a name? Not yet. I'm I'm thinking about it. Okay. Well, if you need help, I have many suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Was how were things here? I had to deal with stuff out there. Was the din- did the dinner go okay? As well as could be expected, I suppose. Good. Um, Alex didn't make trouble? Well, he sure did help himself to a big old heap and look around all over the place, but other than that... Cool. Good. Great. That boy makes me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Feelings mutual. He makes everyone who knows him uncomfortable, honestly... I think he makes my, he makes the people at the church, uh, Abigail catches herself from saying my dad, I think he makes the people at the church uncomfortable and he works there. Well, there's a certain energy to fanaticism. Uh, there is. Um, did you like, feel like you got any information from him poking around? Did he seem particularly interested in anything? Well, he certainly does seem suspicious. I don't know if he... I doubt that he has anything factual, just other than a feeling and a whole lot of need to accuse. Okay. 
But then again, are- we're we're in a bit of a pickle situation with these Raven folk. Yes, we are. You guys saw on the news that like they were in town. There were birds everywhere in town. Um, basically, wherever Raven went, the birds followed her. The birds were sure to go. Um, yeah, uh, something's going on. Well, I would assume so. I, well, how about catching me up? What happened? <laughs> so, Raven couldn't be here because Alex knows who she is and <laughs> wants to bring her back to her family. And Alex knows other people here. Uh, and I, so I took Raven with me to a friend's place. And she stayed there, and then we all went over to Bloomington so we could just get out of everybody's hair. Um, but yeah, I don't think when we brought her to the that building, that's when the ravens showed up. They were just all over everything. And um, it kind of freaked out my friend. Understandably. Okay, but I also attempted to transmit an electronic textual mail to your phone explaining our situation with a certain Celtic goddess that has seen fit to try to descend during the eclipse. What in the fuck is happening? I was gone for one night! So, yeah, um, Mab wants something to do with, um, Raven. I probably should have led with that, but I, you know, <sighs> other stuff going on. All well, right. we tend to pre- we tend to present our most pressing anxieties. Yeah. Okay, so the queen of the fairy folk has something to do with Raven. Great, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm super thrilled about it. I don't know. I think she just like wants to possess her or something i don't know like it's it's fine it's like yeah like there was a like white raven that was hanging out with raven and then really she should have a different name than raven because this is getting very confusing so there's a white raven and then there were ravens coming out of raven's mouth and it all has something to do with mab who says she's going to show up like right when the sisters are going to be here at the solstice eclipse confluence convergence. Now I, I need you to tell me exactly what she said. Cause Faye are Ficky, Ficky, Ficky bad when it comes to rules. They're very particular about rules. Sometimes you can use that against them. And sometimes that can steamroll you. So she said, what was her intent and her connection with Raven? She said, okay, so the White Raven seemed like it was something to do with Mab, or maybe was Mab. She said that she needed some, she was coming around the solstice, the eclipse, and she needed some sort of blood sacrifice more than like a rat. But she showed me on a rat. So I think like, but I think that was just like an object lesson. Like she said she had to be something significant and something that would hurt. And uh, then I went away. 
okay, so an actual sacrifice. It can't just be something that we throw on a pie. It has to be something that has significance to us, some kind of emotional tie, something we would miss if it were gone. My connection with her was brief and only through the veil, but the impression was that she intends to inhabit our raven, use her as a vessel. I made this known to our raven so that she she may make the decision for herself, and I look to raven. I don't think she's here for this conversation. I mean, if you wonder if she can be, because this is a meeting. I'm cool with it if she's here, if you want her in here, Joe. That's okay. Um, She doesn't need to be that. Uh, But I I made this known to her because I don't believe any one of us should ever be a slave. We should always be able to make our choices in full awareness. Uh. It seemed that she wants what this Mab has to offer, and I'm glad for it. She's okay with this? She does not want to be a part of that. Okay. Yeah, she's not exactly keen to house the ancient queen of fairy life or whatever. Okay, good. Yeah. No. But my concern would be that these raven folk are becoming desperate. And they're finding a champion. This Mab will speak their language of pain and promise them what they believe they can gain so that she can gain a foothold. Can I just say, it sure seems like everybody's really interested in this teenage girl. Like, an ancient fairy goddess and the church and the raven folk. And, like, granted, they're her family, but it seems like everyone's disproportionately interested in her to the degree that she's like just another surly teenager and like maybe we should figure out what's up with that like is she like the one who was prophesied or something do you guys have a one who was prophesied I'm not really up on this I didn't do much of the reading well I find it for one difficult to believe that Mab would take anything other than a huffing passing glance at our were raven friends they tend to not really care about the machinations of which mortal or whatever kind on this world they are more interested on well usually their interests are somewhat ineffable but nonetheless the more powerful the fae the stranger their motivations seem to be if uh, she is fixated on this young girl that is probably going to be uh fairly large challenge. Now, so what we have is us who I would hope that we say that we are trying to preserve her ability to determine her own fate, as it were. Then we have her folks in conjunction with the church who seems to have a different path, a more wrathful one for her. And we have Mab who seems to want to destroy whatever identity she has and replace it with her own. So, Right, but 
it's very specifically this girl. It doesn't feel like anybody's chosen her at random. And it feels like she chose us for some reason. So maybe we need to figure out what her deal is before we can like go further. I think she's more than just like a fairy anthrope. And I think she's more than just a witch. There's something else going on here. And like, we're close enough to her. I think Mel and I, that maybe we could like figure it out. I agree. I remember that morning, her sitting cross-legged on our table, this very table. And I looked as far as I could to determine if she if she were dangerous or if we should even let her stay. And I saw very clearly that we were meant to give her guidance. We were meant to protect her. She is special. For what reason, I do not know. But as long as she chooses to be here, she will remain safe. Her choices will remain hers, and I suspect she'll play a very large role in the coming future. Well, I'm not letting anything bad happen to her. I know we're not, but I am especially not. And, like, if it comes to me... If it comes down to her or this coven, and I don't think it will, I'm getting her the hell out of here. Only right thing to do. Perhaps this is a situation that would be a uh, proper, would be a tool for leverage with her folk if we were to tell them that she was in danger of being taken by something that's not witch or mortal or whatever, then they might want to uh, capitulate and perhaps work together. Do you really trust them? I'm not sure I do. Everything good comes from a small kernel of faith. We have to believe that they're at least have enough in their hearts to want to quarrel with someone who would want to take one of their own. I'm certain they've proved that with us. And then maybe once the dust settles from that, we can figure something out. Perhaps the conflict would bring them more empathy. I've been plagued recently by a particular nightmare sleeping underneath my dream catcher has not done anything to alleviate it. But it's the same picture every night. A maelstrom, a tornado, but larger than any I've ever seen or thought possible. And engulfed within it countless thousands of black flapping flying forms set afire and torn apart in the wind, in the gust, in the tornado. I will not let that happen. I don't believe they are just monsters. Well, nobody's just a monster. 
I believe Raven might be key to finding some way to bring peace, bring balance. I don't know. All that I know is I will not let that nightmare become real. So she's Anakin Skywalker? You've seen those movies, right, Albert? Yes, I am familiar. Okay, all right. Mel kind of snickers. Well, she does seem to be a child with between worlds, correct? She exists in several realities without truly belonging to anyone other than the embrace of this hearth. Everyone has proved to reject her instead of embrace her. And uh, I believe that's to our credit, but more to the point, it is important for all of us to understand that the wrathful answer is not the goddess's answer necessarily, although her hand will come down to bring justice to those who would disrupt the ways. But I would rather find a peaceful solution, one that would enrich everyone involved versus anything as extreme as fiery tornadoes. There is one final image in the nightmares that I've been reluctant to share. That at the end of it all, when the maelstrom dies down and there's nothing but ash and bone, I'm in the center of it, unharmed. I do not want that responsibility. I I cannot... I will not be that. Not again. Again? Prophecy. Prophecy is a three-edged sword, my friend. There's your side, my side, and the truth. We have to discover what that truth is. So, like, is there... I mean... Is there a prophecy about Raven? Did you see something that just, you just saw like sort of a vague sense of what's coming? Like always. Yes. That's the curse of seeing everything. When you try to put it back together again, not all of the pieces fit the way that you would want. It's difficult. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to, to, to be mean. I'm sorry if it came across that way. Um, I just... She could be so good. She could be so alive. She could be so... herself. And nobody wants to let her be that. They want to hollow her out and make her a shell. And I know how that feels, and I'm not going to let it happen. I mean, unless she wants to be a shell, but she doesn't. So... She represents change in my visions, how I interpret what I've seen, what's before her, what's before all of us. It is the image of the tower from the Arcana. It is devastating. It is powerful, unpredictable, but it always signifies change. And anyone resisting anyone unwilling to grow, anyone holding on to old ways, 
will suffer that transition. I don't know what that means other than Raven will play a key part in that. And I've decided to do everything in my power to see us through that transition without any more blood or fire. I tend to reject that I added the word again to the board as a conflict. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Cool. So I followed most of that, but I'm sorry. I It's ringing in my head, Albert, again. What do you mean again? Have you seen this before? Has something like this happened before? Very nearly. I was able to stop at that time. It took a toll. What form did it take that it's, again, that this is repeating itself for you? Maybe you're connected to it some deeper way, too? I wanted to believe that a man could choose his own fate, especially if he were to realize that the path before him leads him to somewhere he no longer wishes to go. I don't know that all fates can be avoided all the time. I've done what I could. I do what I can. To choose to be the man that I intend to be, not the man that I was born to become. Suffice to say, the last time something like this almost happened, my mother was involved and she had to destroy me. I'm what remains. Metaphorically destroy you? Or... The hour's getting late and I've had too much wine during this feast. Did she just make you feel... Did she just make you feel really bad about yourself? Because, like, I have been destroyed by my parents in that sense. Like... I wasn't born this way, this disconnected, disjointed man. I had feelings, memories, opinions, preferences. Those did not survive my encounter with my mother. I think that you don't realize what you have going for yourself right now. To say you don't have feelings or preferences or... I mean, come on. The the my two dads thing that you guys do. How can you not have opinions and preferences? I remember that's what I should be like. To be the man that I want to be. Then that's the man that you are. I hope so. Everybody here was born as somebody different from who they are now doesn't mean that they're not their real self that means they're just human 
Every single one of us is a work in progress. I mean, look at me. I think that, in essence, we've hit the theme of what the discussion is really about. This discussion is really about, should this girl be able to determine her own future, or should it be left to others? I, for one, commit myself to the idea that she should have the liberty to be whoever she wants to be and should be allowed to make those choices. And I, for one, am committed to making sure that happens to the best of my ability. At this point, we have to figure out what we can do to assure that outcome. And I will do the best I can, but I feel slightly overwhelmed. If it weren't for the rest of you being here with me, I do not know how I would react. Frankly, I'm very afraid, and I do not know how to resolve this. And all I want to do is keep you at arm's length and make sure you're safe. Is it tacky to ditto everything that you just said? Because, yeah, I, I, I think that's where we all are. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, this girl is a part of us, collectively. We all seem to feel very strongly towards her and a connection to ways we felt about ourselves in the past or in the present. And I think that it's very important for the healing of this half to make sure that uh, we help her for when we do, we are indeed helping ourselves. I think we should talk to the Raven people, like you said. I think it's the best plan. I think we need all the help we can get if Mab is coming. If we fail, I'm willing to become what I must. Let us hope it doesn't come to that. Interrupting the silence, Raven comes in kind of unaware that you were all talking about her. Grabs the green bean salad from the fridge and starts to walk out. Um, scratches the kitty on the head and then leaves. To go. You can heat you, you can heat that up if you want, Raven. She's just like eating it out of the bowl. Is there any like pumpkin pie left over? Kinda starving. Oh, your audio. We have pecan pie, we have pumpkin pie, and we have apple pie. <laughs> Mind you, I think we're a little low on the a la mode, but I can warm up the pie. I once saw somebody stack a pecan pie on top of a pumpkin pie, and then both of them are on top of an apple pie. I'm going to try and do that myself. No need to help. I'm going to do that right now. I am so hungry. Not all oh. heroes wear capes. Thank you. So, uh, did you get everything you needed out of that meeting? So, we're going to go into a mission where you're going to go talk to uh, the Connors. Uh, I'd like a brief, very quick, self-indulgent moment of monologue before we do that. Um, <laughs> Albert is uh, going upstairs to his walking stick. And in the past few days, every time he got near it or touched it, the same vision floods him, the torrent of fire and the mega-tornado and the burning flying things. But this time, he grounds it. And instead of fire, he sees growth. Instead of 
flying black bodies being torn apart and burned up, he sees a community growing as just like shoots of grass from a previously arid soil. Okay, mission. I think this will be the last chapter of the evening. Um, the Connors are at their farm. Uh, it is early morning the next day. The snow has stopped, but it's freaking cold. All of the uh, snow is frozen over. And um, I need to know what aspects you are in. Mm-hmm. Albert isn't crone. I'm going to go uh, with mother. Yeah, I'm in mother. I think um, I think Mel is actually in maiden right now. Because she's been set back a little bit. Hmm. The um, the arrival to the farm uh, is our is our opening of this scene. Uh, this is the mission, which means that when you are using magic in your aspect, you get wheel. Uh, all other magic is normal. So you are, um, you know, this is that that moment where you see the power step out and step into frame. So describe that to me. What does it look like? What is your badass moment as the camera is lifting up to see you come onto the farm? Um, so everybody want to roll up in my Lincoln? Sounds great. All right. So we roll up in the Lincoln with the N-T-G-U-I-L-T-Y license plate on the front. Um, and um, at, at this point, I'm actually wearing some uh, cowboy boots, and you sort of see my cowboy boot kind of like come out of the car as it opens and then sort of walk on the dusty ground. Uh, he's got a, a pair of jeans on and a uh, plaid uh, shirt with uh, a sort of... It isn't a biker jacket, but it's a leather jacket, and it's a little form-fitting. And his hair is kind of slicked back. It's sort of like his casual look. And you can tell that there's a gust of wind and there's little, like, those little mini tornadoes going on all over the ground. It's really dusty. Almost looks like a cowboy movie, kind of okay corral-ish. Uh, the only noise you actually hear is the, the sound of more shoes coming out of the car and the wind sort of hustling, uh, 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 breezing by and you see the the sort of like almost uh, depression era farmhouse off in the distance as he gathers himself up what is uh, who's next Mel sure why not um she gets out and she looks a little bit more um uncertain than she normally would going into a situation like this. Um, she's dressed all in black. She's wearing her usual, very, you know, like long trench coat coat and seems like normally she would be sort of like vibrating with energy, seems very 
kind of weirdly still in this moment even though she's moving Abigail? Yeah to what degree would the Connors be aware of Abigail's other identity? Uh, are they churchgoers? Uh, I think some of them are but okay. not good churchgoers so I don't I, I don't think we've established this truth so let's uh, it, it, just assume they don't know you yeah. Unless you want it to be true. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm there. I'm wearing a um I'm in I'm in I'm dressed as myself, not in guy mode. Um and I'm um uh wearing like a I look like the cover of a of a of a of a Christian living magazine in the autumn. Like I have like a puffy sweater on and like a <laughs> You know, it's like I clearly just like raided my fiance's closet at like just because I, I like woke up late and knew I had to come here and like had to quietly like grab stuff while she was. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and um, but I'm like doing this with my fingers, I'm like constantly like making them walk back and forth across my thumb, um, which is how you know I'm nervous. Last but not least, Albert, I think. I think in contrast, um, Albert is very confident. He looks to be closer to the age of maybe mid-40s. His shoulders are a bit broader, skin's a bit tighter. Uh, He stands a bit more straighter, a bit taller. There's even some more definition just in his body. And he walks out, and he's dressed in... um, kind of a simple just like a t-shirt but he's got wrapped around him uh, like a shawl very much like this one but all black because it's cooler and his boots crunch onto the ground and he's carrying his walking stick but this time he's comfortable with it it's like a part of him has been integrated and he's he's not afraid of the power that he has and he's he's ready to use it He's hoping he doesn't have to, but he's everything about him just says he's ready. He's not afraid anymore. The part where you are, as um, described, is it's kind of dusty and there's some wind and gusts coming. Uh, the farm itself is completely desolate. Crops haven't grown here in years. It's all grown over and then mossed over and then snowed over. Um, so you really just see the remains of what was farmland. Wouldn't have been a big farmland, but it was something. There is old machinery around, tractors, things like that, that are broken um, and in disrepair. There are a bunch of abandoned cars. The farmhouse in the distance, this Depression-era farmhouse, is uh, rotten, falling apart, disarray. There's garbage everywhere. There are all these pylons that have been put into the ground. Some of them are as high as 30 feet. Um, And as you approach, you can see there are these um, rugged-looking people wearing tattered clothing. Uh, Some of them are standing on the pylons 30 feet above. Perfect balance, looking down Mm -hmm. on you. The gusts of wind are pushing their coats up. and um, There's got to be six or seven of them Plus, you can see more than a dozen just sort of watching you at different parts of the grounds as you come in. 
the farmhouse itself, uh, the door is long since decayed and fallen off. And standing in the in the in the middle of it is the patriarch, uh, and he is putting out a cigarette and walking with deliberate uh, assertion towards you. Uh, is this Hunter Connor? Hunter, yeah. Okay. What do you do? Hunter, we've come to parlay. I reject your parlay. Get off my territory before I shoot you. That would be a waste of your ammunition. And I don't think you're in a position to spare anything right now. We're under protection. There ain't nothing you can do to us. We are not here to uh, combat you. We're here to tell you something that might be of interest to you. Okay, so you are trying to navigate others, need to calm them down long enough to listen to you, right? Is that the idea? Yeah. Uh, Since uh, both Albert and Cave were talking, Cave, you can have this at at wheel. So pick the highest of a three-sided die roll, and you're rolling Wisdom. You are in Mother, right? Is that what you said? I forget. Oh, audio. I am in Mother, yes. Yeah, all right. So then you get that additional plus one to Wisdom in addition to what your other stat is. Sweet. So I'm taking rolling three, take the best two, and then using my Wisdom modifier. Yeah. Okay. You're confronting the Connors. I rolled an eight, but I'm minus one, so seven. Okay, uh, this is a subdued conflict, which means it'll come back. Uh, and the uh, he kind of gestures up at the people that are standing on these poles, and they they relax a bit. He says, "Okay, you've got one minute, and you're standing right here and talking to me. You're gonna say what you gotta say, otherwise, I'm calling my friends." Queen Mab is after your daughter as well. There's a third bid in the in there's a third bid in the auction. She says that uh, during the solstice she's going to uh, sacrifice her and then inha- and then have her body inhabited by some ancient god or one nut none nuts. I don't know. Do you have what any connection to Mab? Are you talking about the queen of the goddamn fairies? He's looking back at some of the other people who look back at him. They, they look this is idiotic. Why like, would I lie about that? Okay, let's say what you're saying is true. I don't know what goes on with you devil worshippers. Well, there's obviously something about her. I mean, You need to bring her back to us so that we can protect her from these devils that you are involved with, these contracts that you are making, whatever the hell you're doing over there. If I had the power, I'd put you down now. I don't know where you got these preconceptions about who we are and what we do and what we consort with, but you're so off-key, it's not even funny. We're not even against you. Frankly, I wouldn't give a crap if it wasn't for the fact that your daughter asked for me, asked me for help, because you were going off the, the friggin' candle. Look, here's the situation. We're, we have the soltus coming. There's a lot of shit that's going to come down the pipe. If the Fae are also coming down the pipe, we're all going to have to band together to figure this out. 
I say we call a truce on our little fall to raw. We deal with what's going on, and then we figure it out afterwards. Uh, so you are using the same tactic to confront the same conflict which has been subdued. So it will need to escalate unless you want to spend a charm to go after that conflict again. What do you think, guys? Let's escalate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's escalate. All right. I thought that's yeah. what you were going to say, so I already dropped the conflict on the table. <laughs> which, uh, we have a new conflict in play, which is the uh, Calling Joseph conflict. So, um, at that moment, there is um, a huge gust that blows through, and um, the clouds above, which, you know, it's early morning, so you get this kind of early morning gray. It's been cold. It's probably going to snow again. Literally parts open, and you see blue skies. A ray of light comes down, and Joseph is walking straight towards you with five witches behind him, and a spell is coming. You can't tell what, but he's about to curse you, and he looks stone mad. Excuse me, point of parliamentary procedure. We haven't done anything against you, and you cannot call You cannot call upon assistance unless you are attacked. We have done nothing but inform you of something. This is just wrath and against the actual contract, and if you wished him to continue, he could break out of it. So while Cave is doing rhetoric, what else do you guys want to do? Mel is like shaking in place like she's so angry with how they're being and how everything is going I think she actually just kind of like loses her shit finally while all this is going on just like what is wrong with you fucking people we're all trying to protect the same goddamn person and you want to sit here and just bitch at us why won't you just fucking work with us? This is a moral stand against uh, Joseph Call is called, and that is going to be also at wheel because of Cabe's rhetoric also hitting him about parliamentary procedure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's Mel's role with advantage, basically. So that's um, moral stand is wisdom. Oof. Even with advantage. <laughs> my dice. My dice, they have failed me. Uh, I got a five. Okay. I awesome. can't do anything about that, right? Uh, no. Nope. That is right. when the curse takes effect. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, um... Sorry, I'm trying to find the, um... <laughs> I was on the wrong, uh, which... So here we go. Alright, so um, this happens to Cave, actually. The curse was coming right at him, and it came from Joseph. And you just feel like your life energy has been sapped. At this point, this, this blinding light comes to you. You feel weak, sick, nauseous, and you are starting to decay. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Mm. The other witches are coming in formation around. You see the hag, who is about to draw open the veil. You've seen this gesture before. She's opening up reality, uh, probably for some bad reasons. Uh, the other two are also forming uh, wind, and things are whipping up around. There's a whole bunch of curses about to fly out. 
I think I can help, Cabe, if the rest of you can do something to stop all of this. Uh, okay. Desperate move. Uh, Albert is going to... Is not a, this is a divination. So he's going to do the move where I can look at a person and see all that has happened to them, absorb their entire life into your mind as if they were your own memories. I'm going to be targeting um, Hunter Connor. Uh, and then this is part of a bigger move. We'll, s- we'll see how I do with this role, I guess. Okay. Uh, you are confronting Colin Joseph, which is still active? Yes. Which resulted in this calamity, that particular conflict? Yes. And here we go. Is Ten. It? Oh, okay. um, And is it wheel? Uh, is it your aspect that you're rolling on? Your yeah, crone? I'm in crone. Yeah, so yeah, you get it with... Ten. Uh, all right. So that means also that you get a uh, experience point in crone. Yay! You have resolved, or at least subdued this. <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> okay. Make a subdued just Okay. So, um, so you get the full weight of Joseph's life yeah. in a moment. Yep. Um, and to summarize, he has been selfless in his mission to save others because he was abandoned. This is his mm. purpose. And you have stepped into his house as he views it. Mm. So he is going to destroy you. This okay. is This is, no, you crossed a line. No. Uh, I should. Okay, so I'm going to shout. I will not abandon you, and I'm trying to pull at that string to get him to like. He doesn't have to agree with me, but I need to get through to him. Like, we're not here to hurt you. Like, this is actually in your in your best interest. You need to just listen right now. We're not here to hurt you. Um, And again, I'm pulling on that emotional string that I found in him. Okay, uh, while that's happening, you're going to get wheel on um, moral stand. But we're going to do that in a minute, because there isn't a conflict in, pl- conflict in play for you, so we might have to escalate. Uh, but while that's happening, what's going on with these other curses? So we have this hag who is drawing open the veil. There are uh, uh, two, uh, three others. Uh, they, look, they can't identify what craft they're doing, but they're doing something together that's causing wind to cook up. Um, leaves are coming up in the air, the ice is breaking beneath them, and, and chunks of snow are coming up into a vortex. So they're up to something, and it's about to come down. So what's next? While uh, while Albert is going after Hunter. And Cabe is rotting. I'm going to try and help Cabe uh... They have a spell that will protect the subject from powers that harm the spirit or soul, keep them from condemnation, possession, or banishment. It's a little late, but I think I can use it to suck the poison out, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, show the desktop here. Cape is rotting as a conflict. Cape is rotting. Yeah. Um, you can see the calling Joseph is subdued, so we're going to have to deal with the fact that that's subdued. But yes, I'm, I'm rolling on Cape is rotting, because... Okay. Uh, and I'm not good at this, so let's find out what happens. Oh, that's uh, that is an eight. That's all you need. <laughs> all right, so um, the the you can you can draw the the magic out 
the curse mm-hmm. out, but it has to go somewhere. Okay. You didn't get it before it hit him, so now it's sort of like you're drawing out this curse, and now there's a curse that has to land somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I pull it out of him like um, thick black ichor, uh, and uh, it goes into my hand and like going through my body, um, and I have to kind of force it out my other hand. And um, I, uh, there is a, um, there's some sort of animal in the front yard. I want to say a, a, a hog. And um, I, I force the I force the the curse into this hog, and the 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 pig like sort of does the bug eyed thing, and mm. um, it's clear that it's gone inside. Okay, uh, so you cave your back, um, but you're sort of disoriented as you were you were heavily cursed by Isis Mary magic. I um, killed the pig, <laughs> and the pig is yeah the pig is going to die. Uh, we we won't go into graphic detail on that, but um, uh, Mel, do you have anything before we go back to Albert? Um, do I have time to try for a spell? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, the only conflict that's open in play right now is uh, the, uh, the three witches are up to something. But you don't know what. Yeah, they're the ones I want to go after. Actually. Yeah. Okay. And just confirming, I can use any of the spells on my page. It's just dependent on what um, aspect might, might make it more difficult. Yeah, if you if, since we're in a mission, that means you have the advantage. So if you're using something in your aspect, you get wheel. Otherwise, it's just a regular roll. Actually, I have a charm, right? And I can use spend a charm to you, swap. You can, yeah. And it's, gonna, it, it, especially if you can make the narrative make sense. Like, oh no, I gotta rise up, but or whatever the reason. Yeah. Yeah seeing what's going on and losing her temper she starts to find a little bit of her footing again and um she actually is sort of channeling her own quote-unquote mother and the anger that she had and seems to almost age and looks almost like weirdly like her her foster mother even though they are you know, not related, but it's that same sort of weird, gaunt, motherly look to her. Because um, I want to try to cast uh, one of my spells um, in the mother aspect. Mm-hmm. So um, I get to roll three dice, right? Yep. And pick the highest two, and I'm not sure what you're casting, but whatever that stat is. Uh, it's, it's a curse. It's a curse, so, so that's severity. Yeah. With Lilith, it's a no problem. <laughs> yeah, I get to add my severity to the top two dice, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's going to be a 10. Okay. Well. And, um... Just to read the the text on the page, the subject will age exponentially and become incredibly weak or ill, and will be extremely ineffective at all things at which uh, they once excelled. So you have a um, experience in crone. Is that oh. crone or is it mother? What's what? What's, what's mother? Is mother. So you have an experience in mother. Okay. Uh, for getting a ten plus, also you have narrative control. So does this uh, effect happen on all three of them? 
Yeah, so they're, you know, working on casting this spell together. And it's kind of like they can't... They're shaking their heads, confused. Like, they can't remember the next words that they're going to have. And then they just start wizening and looking very... uh, um, almost sucked in on themselves and very unable to continue with the spell just too weak where they just kind of all slump to the ground. Okay. Uh, Joseph uh, immediately feels it and is spinning around, uh, interrupting what he was about to do. So, uh, but before we get to that, um, you are pulling on that string that you know exists. Yes. On Hunter Connor. And yep. that is um, uh, for a conflict that's already been subdued. So if you can, if you want to spend a charm, you can go after Connors again, or I'll escalate it. I'm going to spend my charm. Yeah. Okay. So you can go after Connors again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are rolling moral stand, which is a wisdom. Nice. And you get okay. uh, you get a wheel because you are using information from your divination. Right. Yeah. This is how you play the game, folks. <laughs> I get it now. Uh, oh man, seven just barely with everything. It's enough. Ooh. Um, Yikes! Thank goodness for wheel. So, you um, you say that, and Hunter just sort of stops in his chair track. Uh, uh, and that was Joseph. You're going after. Sorry, not Hunter. I had that completely wrong. Joseph, uh, who was about to go and do something about what Mel just did, kind of stops in, in his tracks. Wait, who were you going after? Did I get that wrong? Were you doing the divination on Hunter or on Joseph? On Hunter. Hunter. On Hunter okay, Con. I, I confused yes. myself. Uh, okay, so uh, we need a we need a D and D map to track this now. No, um, anyway, so <laughs> we got the minis. Joseph is is turning his head towards Mel, but Hunter uh, kind of stops in his tracks and and holds up his hands and says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Now let's hear what they have to say. And uh, the raven kind sort of step down. In fact, some of them partially form and swoop down and land. Uh, Joseph is angry. And when he sees especially what's happening to three of his witches, and he pulls up his hand like this, and uh, this bright radiance comes around the witches, and that, that rot and sickness immediately dissipates. And now he's looking directly at Mel and is marching toward her. I step in his way and I make dead eye contact with him and say back me now like you promised. We're here to make peace. We're here to protect these folk. Okay. um, I'm going to allow a roll there actually. Mm. So this is uh, we're, we're still making a moral stand. The conflict in play is uh, Joseph is angry. Okay. And let's see if you can alleviate his anger. It's just a straight roll, though. Okay. That's what I was afraid of. Here we go. Six. Okay. Um, what do I get? A, what is that under? Let me see. Um, uh, this is Wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, my stat array gives me a plus one in wisdom. Does that still apply here? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so seven. Okay, great. John about to pick out what he was going to do to you, but I guess not. All right, so um, he stops and visibly takes control of himself and whispers a prayer. This is not neutral ground. This is an act of war. If you want to speak, you know where to go. Breadsticks, yes, I know. Let's make haste. We have much to discuss. He turns to Hunter. You stay here. And he looks at the hack. You protect them. She was like about to open up reality and then sort of closes it again. I want to do one thing before we go. I want to roll on um, something more to Raven. I want to see if I can find any ghosts here who've been paying attention to her. Um... Trying to find the spell. Where is my? It's a good idea. That's good. Yeah, since you're in the home. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I have. So I'm rolling in. So I'm rolling in uh, mother. So I'm rolling in wheel, right? Yeah. Because that was my. Uh, okay. No, no, you're rolling. Yeah, you're in mother. So you're rolling in wheel. Plus, you mother, get the wisdom bonus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus, I get the wisdom bonus. Okay. Let's let's see what happens. And interestingly, there is a conflict in, conflict in play that you can use called more to raven question mark. Yes, I saw that. That's why I <laughs> thought of that. Uh, yeah, I got a twelve. Oh my god! <laughs> really I, I had those with plus one. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so that's obviously uh, subdued. The um, that was magic and mother, so you get an experience point in mother. Yes. You also have narrative control, so you can tell me if there is a ghost there or whatever it is that you need to make this happen. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna just when I enter this spell, uh, the wording of which is uh, commune with the dead with the ability to understand what they want or need, even if they don't know it themselves, and provide guidance for them. Um, and, uh, I am able to sort of like, it's sort of like being able to like pull goggles over my eyes that like, let me see the veil. It's not quite, it's not like physical like that, but it's sort of like suddenly being able to see the infrared spectrum or something. And there's just like always spirits around, but in this case, there's particularly a distinct one up on the porch that's watching everything. Um, she seems sort of caught between being an old woman and being uh, Raven, and I just sort of instinctively understand that this is Raven's uh, grandmother, and uh, she has been around for some time. She died before Raven was born, but has been watching over Raven and has seen a lot of her life and all of that, and um, clearly if I was able to speak with her, um, I would be able to uh, deduce more about Raven but it seems like we're all kind of on our way to do something else at the Olive Garden so instead I trap her in my phone what does that look like uh, I just like and like I've done this before I'm getting better at it but I just like I just like open open up my phone it's one of those it's an old Nokia flip phone you know and like there's a little light that glows out of it but I know that like on the other side uh, it looks like a, a sort of like a, a bright beckoning light, and I'm like, "You can come here. It's safe. I'll free you when we're done speaking." But I need to go, and this is a way that we can communicate. And like, I know that ghosts don't really get to chat with people, so uh, this has been enticing to them before. Um, but yeah, I, I think after a quick, 
parlay. Um, I get her to move into my phone and take up, uh, move in next to Jocelyn. How many kilobytes does she take? Oh God! Good question. Are you on the unlimited plan? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am on the I am on the, in the unlimited plan. Uh, she's uh, yeah, she's six she's six forty k. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so you have okay. So willingly gone into your phone mm-hmm. so that you can discuss things later. Okay. Cool. So we're gonna switch to a um, uh, oh uh, momentum scene at the Olive Garden. Actually, I think it has to be mundane because it's neutral ground. It, it is the Olive Garden. Yeah, so, so you can't really do... I mean, that magic is beyond all of us. It's when you're here, you're family. It's not a slogan, it's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can't really use magic here, so it's not going to escalate beyond words, so we'll call it mundane. Um, and now it, things are very tense at the Olive Garden. Joseph uh, and uh, three of his uh, coven members, and then all of you and Raven's grandmother inside of a phone um, are sitting at a big table and, you know, 20-something probably had too much to drink uh, on Thanksgiving the day before is trying to give you breadsticks and trying to act happy and put on a nice face for the table to get a decent tip on one of the slowest days of the year so uh, that's that's where you are. What's next? Joseph is cold, quiet, and not blinking, probably judging. He has his red Bible with him. I think I went to high school with the server. I think I did. I don't know. You, you know Jesse? Uh, I hope she didn't recognize me. I mean, not that I would care if that happened. Sorry. Please continue. I begin to firstly address Hunter. Um, Our visit to your home was not meant to be an act of aggression. We have important things to discuss. This is being done in a manner of urgency, but also care. There are many in this world, many witches, who would see you as a monster and would judge you and act upon you as if that were true. I do not believe that to be the case. All right, what are you trying to do with that? I, um... What am I trying to do with that? The intent would be to get him to soften up so that we can actually have the discussion. Uh, I don't like. I don't want him to still be angry and like pissy as we're having this sit down. Like I, I want him to know. Like I'm genuine. I'm not bluffing. I actually want to try to give this peace thing a go because I don't want to be the monster. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll Befriend against the Conflict mm. Hunter is Angry. That's a Mercy roll. Mercy. Um, oh, okay. and I guess you should, even for Mundane, tell me what your aspect is. Although it doesn't matter for Mundane, so never mind. Okay. It, it, it matters on uh, only if your Mundane gives you an additional bonus. So if you're in Maiden, that means you'll get an additional plus mm. one to your mace, Mercy. So 
I guess it does matter now that I talk myself through it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm in... Uh, mother would mm-hmm. be the one that makes the most sense, even though Maiden gives me the bonus here. <laughs> um, um, but I rolled an eight, so that's good. Yeah, I think. All right, so yeah, he uh, he takes a breath and then kind of looks over to Joseph, who accepts his resignation basically and says, "Okay, what was so urgent that you needed to go?" This is this is Joseph talking, basically mm-hmm. representing now the Connors. What was so urgent that you needed to go to their home, even after we discussed this? Okay, you don't know that they discussed anything, so this might be news to you. There is a bigger threat that looms, one that threatens all of us. And I believe that there is, within this, a chance for us to stand together. For you to have not just a place carved out for you, but a place that you can truly call home among us in this community. What we face is greater than we've greater than anything we've ever faced before are you going to tell me what it is? Mab the a goddess from the ether that intends to come during the solstice she attempted to possess Raven against her will we did our best to intercede Raven is safe and she will remain so but her power, if left unchecked, might wipe us all out. Um, okay, does anybody else want to contribute to this? Are any of you aware of the Native American myths revolving around Raven? There's one that actually comes to mind, and that's the story of how Raven brought the light of the sun to the world, because he was made for the beginning of time. It was bumping around in the dark a lot, got a little sick of it, decided to go get himself a little bit of sun, but that was protected. So what he did was he transformed himself into a little reed, and as, as the god's daughter went down to get some water... She swallowed that reed down. He turned himself into a little baby inside her. And the, the father fell so in love with that little baby, he let it play with the sun. He plucked it away and put it in the sky. When was this girl born? What sign was she born under? There seems to be a lot of interest between a lot of very powerful things about her. There seems to be a secret to unlock. Why her? Why? Why is she so special? Do you have any idea? No, is she? No, I mean they—they they, they kind of look at each other and say, "No, he's, she's one of ours." She's one of yours. She's she's exhibited the powers of a witch. She's exhibited more than just the power of a witch. This girl is far more than any of us have any right to fathom, especially if she's brought if she's brought down the interests of an actual goddess. There is a severe threat to this town, a severe threat to this girl. It is important for us to be able to look to step aside from our differences and 
protect the girl, protect our town, protect ourselves. After that is done, perhaps we have further discussions, or whichever way you want to resolve this, wrathful or not. But for right now, we seem to be in a common situation. Okay, so you are going to roll um, Befriend, which is Mercy, against the conflict. Okay, yeah, right. Um, and you get it at, at wheel because of uh, Albert's earlier dis- uh, monologue. With wheel, I got a 10. Okay. Uh, you definitely get through. Um, you also get a charm. And... Uh, narrative control. So you tell me how they respond, how they react. Uh, I'm going to say that Joseph uh, looks very concerned about the situation and actually believes me at face value and is seriously considering um, listening to me because his best interest is served by the preservation of the town that he is sworn to protect. Um, I'm going to say that uh, what was the other guy's name? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Hunter. Hunter. Uh, Hunter is skeptical but he's starting to put things together in his head about his daughter and what this all means and trying to figure out why this has happened to her and to his family and what he has done to bring this forward. Um, I basically want to say that is thinking starts going towards why am I being cursed more than trying to lash out and blame other people um, okay there is a text going through Abigail's phone okay it uh, is, I will read it it is from your ghost friend grandmother Okay. and it says battle crow Um, yeah, I'm just going to look up and be like, do the words Battle Crow mean anything to any of you? Joseph says, Bob, the war goddess, the triple goddess of Celtic mythology with the power to destroy the world. Okay, well, um, yeah, I think that's who's coming. No, that's who she is. You mean, who's that? The text comes back again. Brooke is the battle crow. Oh. Okay. The fairy queen wants to stop her. I'm just going to put my phone back in my pocket, take a breadstick, have a couple bites, and um, get this information to myself until we can get back to the hard. Probably can end the mundane scene unless you want to get more out of this, but they're aligned. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't have all the info, but they're aligned. Yeah, uh, Albert needs more info before you can make another move on this, so... Okay. All right. So, um, 
I, I leave it up to you. We can do a montage and close a session, or if you want to have a meeting in the coven first, we can do that. We could get through a meeting pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So quick uh, decompress. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I um. If none of you mind, I think we get back and it's like pretty late. Actually, we were there in the morning, so it wouldn't be late at all. We get back and it's like, you know, 1 p.m. Before everybody goes off to do their things, I'm like, hey, two seconds. I think Raven's going to end the world. Uh, what? Okay, so this is a lot to download, I know, but... I have Raven's grandmother in my phone um, and I'm communicating with her there. This is a thing I do from time to time. When I've talked with the ghosts, when I've got the information I need, I help them find their way to the afterlife. I use this Nokia flip phone as a portal. Anyway, um, yeah, she told me uh, that this uh, Raven is the battle crow and... Uh, the battle crow is a goddess who in her triplicate form has been sent to end the world. And the reason that Mab is coming is because she wants to stop the battle crow from ending the world. And I don't know if I believe any of this, but I think that's what's going on. I think we're not just in the middle of like random fairy mischief. I think we're in like, an actual battle for the entirety of everything. I did not get enough sleep for this. All the gin joints in all the world. I don't get that reference, but... um, It means why here? Why are we so unlucky? The end of the world is summoned to this little shithole town I mean, in the middle the of the end, United States. If the end of the world is going to come anywhere, look at Salem, Indiana. Like, that seems like just about as good a place to have it as anywhere. So, um, look, we have to decide what we're going to do. I'm still on Raven's side, even if she's going to end the world, because she needs someone to take care of her. And that's me. And I've been preparing for the end of the world since I was born. Oddly enough, so have I. Don't we still believe that she has choices that she can make, though? Yeah, I mean, like, we, I, maybe she has to choose to end the world. Like, I doubt that she knows any of this is happening. Well, what if we told her? Okay. That seems like the only right thing to do. Yeah. There are some fates that cannot be circumvented, but they can be changed. Destroying the world may not be a bad thing if she is the one destroying the things that hold us back. Okay. I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, Hey, Raven, can you come down here? Um, so do the words battle crow mean anything to you? No, we think it's you and we think that you might end the world. It's like everybody's looking at her totally serious. Like everybody just 
I'm going to pull while she's talking, I'm going to text grandma to just be like, Hey, tell me something that'll make it clear. Someone who knows is talking to her. I just let grandma talk to her. Um, uh, hold on one second, guys. Uh, chat. Can't hear. Can't hear you, Chris. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Raven doesn't believe this. That's the summary of what I just did. Um, I'm gonna uh, uh, yeah I um, this is a meeting so I can like say Mm -hmm. whatever right yeah okay Um, so I look over at Raven and I'm like Halloween uh, 2002 you ate so many Tootsie Rolls and then Actually, 2002 doesn't work because she's 15, and I've forgotten what year it is, and oh my god, I'm old. (laughs) Halloween 2011. (laughs) You ate so many Tootsie Rolls that you threw up, and it was straight brown, and you were really horrified and disgusted, and your grandmother helped you uh, clean it up and helped wash your face. Why are you doing this? I'm talking to her right now. She's the one who told us this. Where is she? Hold on, I hold up my phone. She's with Jocelyn. She, she asked for the phone. Yeah, I'll hand it over to her. She starts texting. And like 45 minutes later, <laughs> her she, she looked up. She's like, she's, she's crying but not weeping, you know? And she gets the phone back. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't want to hurt anybody. This is your life. You can make the choices you want to make, and we're going to help you make them. And even if everything in the world says this is what you're supposed to be, if you want to be something else, I'm going to help you do that. And I know everybody else here is going to help you do that, too. We're all going to help. All of us. And the cat. <laughs> yep. Okay, I think we can close there. I hope um, my audio wasn't out for very long, everybody. I'll try to not do that <laughs> in the future. Uh, so, yeah, we'll stop there. This is a good point to stop. We are, I do have an announcement on scheduling. I hope you enjoyed tonight's session. That was about it. Um, I'm a little like the Klimt, but um, <laughs> so uh, Insert Coin Floodwater is approaching its last episode, uh, and because somebody was going to be unavailable during their normal slot, we're actually going to switch times. So uh, Insert Coin will be on our normal night, which will be June 22nd, and then we're going to come back June 29th, and then the week after that. So we'll have like back to back, and then we'll be back on our normal rotation. So I uh, just wanted to make sure you all knew about that. Um, uh, also, if you want to catch up on the past episodes, go to happyjacks.org, Great American Witch, uh, and you can find all the other IP, uh, APs, including our show, um, at happyjacks.org slash shows. So uh, that's it for tonight. I'm Christopher Gray. You can find me at grayauthor on Twitter or Christopher.world. Uh, we'll go around the table and tell everybody where they can find you all. You want to start, Mac? Sure. Hey guys, I'm Mac. You can find me everywhere is at strange like that. 
I'm also here at Happy Jacks every Monday, although that's going to change once uh, Insert Coin Floodwater is done with. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life then. And uh, you can also find me over at 12 Sided Stories, which is a highly produced podcast. We're on our third season of a show called Otherworld London, which is a Cthulhu 1890 game. And I hope you guys will tune in for that, too. Emily, do you want to go next? Yes. Hello. I'm Emily Vanderwerf. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash EmilyVDW. Uh, I am not in any other Happy Jacks games right now, hopefully someday soon. Uh, and I would ask if you have any money to put out there right now, uh, I know not everybody does, but if you can, the Emergency Release Fund, emergencyreleasefund.com is helping keep trans people safe and out of jail now and they could use your hard-earned dollars. Jim, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, um, y'all can see me play Vampire 5th Edition with Stu and the gang uh, this upcoming Sunday and every other Sunday after that, uh, where I will bumble around with my very scared Nosferatu now that we're stuck in a parallel dimension or something weird like that. Yeah, it's that weird. Watch it. It's super weird. Um and you can also reach uh, see me at Plus Ten to Awesome on Facebook and on uh, Twitter. Uh, and if uh, you have any interests in uh, gaming conventions, you can also look up uh, strategicon.net, which is a thrice yearly game convention that I help organize. And Joe. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe. Uh, I am not known for much of anything anywhere by anyone so um yeah have fun with that <laughs> you can find me on joe love stories on twitter or uh look me up on facebook j-o-e-k-o-u loving being part of this uh this cast what an amazing group of people to be telling stories and gaming with oh my god uh can't wait to be back for more and can't wait to see y'all then Awesome. Well, we will see you all on June 29th. And hope that uh, Kadev and the rest will see you all on June 22nd. So just come on Mondays. Just come on Mondays and we'll be here. All right. Mm -hmm. So long. Bye. Bye.